0: You're listening to the Atlanta Voiceover Studio and ProVoiceOvertraining.com podcast. Hey, I'm Mike Stout.
1: And I'm Heidi Rue. We're both full time voice talent and owners of Atlanta Voiceover Studio and ProVoiceOvertraining.com. AVS is a recording and training studio in Atlanta with virtual options available to join. And ProVoiceOverTraining.com offers on-demand video resources to better your voiceover career.
0: Our purpose in creating both of these is to give you the resources you need to create the career you want. And that's exactly why this podcast exists as well.
1: Each month, we bring on an expert to share their industry knowledge, insight, and helpful tips.
0: Visit AtlantaVoiceOverStudio.com and ProVoiceOverTraining.com for more great resources.
1: We are so happy to have Lisa Biggs on the podcast right now. I'm actually really like ashamed that we have not had her on the podcast before because she is a friend we adore adore her, admire her. She has created so many good things for this voiceover community. Yes. But she, and she does so much. She is a voice talent, has been in the industry for a long time. She's also a coach. She's a producer. She's a casting director. She's a conference leader. She works in animation and she's not in LA too, which is amazing. She's very successful. She has been lending her voice to national campaigns, global brands, nearly two decades, which is crazy because she looks so young. So you're like, how is this possible? Mm -hmm. And um, But she's done everything from animation studios, big brand ad agencies, to toys. I mean, Lisa's voice is in demand. She is kind of a, what is it? The... A-lister star or something like that of the voiceover world, if I can say that. This is not in the bio. This is just my own um, <laughs> added in here, Aww. Elisa. But we're so happy to have you on the podcast. We're just so looking forward to talking to you today. So thank you.
2: Yeah. Thank yeah. you for having me. It's so fun to be here. <laughs> and I
0: know everybody's listening. They can't see your booth, but I have to say yours is one of the, the best Dressed booths I've seen
2: Thank ever. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. I have a giant Shira tapestry over here. Oh my god. Um, I'll just send you pictures of it. Yeah. like it's, it's quite large. It's like five by seven. It's huge. Um. Wow. And I've been in this space, I guess, for six years. Um, but you know, I call it the Batcave,
1: and <laughs> I spend a lot
2: of time in here. So, like,
0: doing I'm voiceover, like,
2: I'm gonna be in here a lot. Like, I might as well. It's, it's kind of like I feel like eighth grade Lisa would want to hang out here, yeah, you know, like, yeah. kid version of me would, would want to hang out in here. It's kind of like a little. A little voiceover clubhouse. (laughs) I love it.
0: Perfect way to describe it. And you can
1: actually see it if you go to our YouTube channel too. So, um, because Lisa's on camera there, but. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) So, speaking of your eighth grade self, would your eighth grade self have ever uh, thought about voiceover? I mean, how did you get into this whole realm of, of doing the voiceovers?
2: The, doing the voiceovers. Um, <laughs> no, my eighth grade self had no idea voiceover was a thing. Um, my eighth grade self didn't like my voice. It's obviously a little, um, actually, my voice is um, 100 hertz higher than the average female voice. <laughs> no. um, I measured it. I um, had it <laughs> measured, rather. My resting voice. Um yeah, I didn't know voiceover was a thing, and I always loved the idea of acting and performing. But I was picked on a lot growing up for my voice, and so I never really explored those things. I remember one time going to try out for Alice in Wonderland at like the local uh, a local playhouse, and I was really excited. And my mom was there, and they were calling everyone's name to audition, and they called my name. And then they called it again and I never said anything because I was like, I just froze. I was like, because I thought mm-hmm. the minute I walk up there and I'm, and I'm like, hi, I'm here to audition for my, like everyone would mm-hmm. snicker and, you know, the things that people do because they just don't know better. And so I never explored acting. And um, then when I was in college, I uh, just kind of was, you know, tired of people making fun of me and thought, well, man, I, like there's got to be a reason, like, mm-hmm. you know, that I <laughs> sound like this and I don't want to just spend the rest of my life feeling like a goober um and so lo and behold I had a friend who introduced me to a summer program at a acting school in New York and so I guess my junior year of college I went and lived in uh, Manhattan for just like a summer and took a bunch of classes and it was great and it was very enlightening and uh, when I graduated college the following year, I had taken one voiceover class, like apart from that acting experience, acting school experience. And for my college graduation, my mom and dad uh, paid for me to have my first voiceover demo. Mm. And so that was like my college gift at the, you know, obviously like it's almost as much as a trip to, you know, <laughs> yeah. back, back across yeah. Europe or whatever. They're not cheap. Even back then, that was 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, and so I took my little demo and it was on a CD and I uh, shopped it around and got picked up by uh, a big agent in LA and I moved to LA the summer after I graduated and lived out there for a number of years and did the LA agent's kind of thing where you used to have to go into the studio <laughs> or go into your agent's office to audition and, you know, not to sit in traffic because I lived at the beach, but my agent was in uh, Beverly Hills and um, I did that for a number of years. And then I uh, saw, you know, a, a, a couple of things here and there. It was definitely not sustaining me full time or anything. Um, and so I had some kind of life changing stuff and met my biological mother in a nutshell I met my biological mother I'm adopted and I just decided that it was much more important for me to be back close to my family the family that had raised me that um my adopted family which Mm I love so much um and so I moved back east and I decided I was going to go back to school and go to grad school and and I did. And I started, but then I realized I don't like school. <laughs> so <laughs> luckily, like, I was like, gosh, what am I doing? Um, and I ended up intersecting with John Cosby, who owns the ground crew studios in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And he and I were at the same gym and I ran in him one day and he's like, Lisa Biggs, what are you doing here? And I was like, Oh, I said, I, you know, I'm not in California anymore. I moved back here. I'm going to school and getting my master's. And he was like, Oh, well, like you can still do voiceover. And I was, I was like, really? Like, cause I'm not in LA. Like that's the thing, right? You gotta live in LA. Mm -hmm. And he said, of course, absolutely. So I, Just kind of took his word for it and started doing a little bit of research and discovering that a lot of people were really finding success outside of like major, major markets. And so I took a bunch of money that was supposed to pay off some college debt and I sunk it into an ISDN codec. (laughs) That was like the one trend that I saw is like all these people that I knew that were working a lot had ISDN in their home studios. I Mm -hmm. bought, you know, a Kodak and I put ISDN in my studio and I just started working that angle and um, I'm still here and, you know, I've been doing voiceover. I should update my bio because it was like for the better part of two decades. (laughs) Oh goodness, I wrote that like five years ago. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so here I am 24 years later still swinging for the fences still you know waking up every day and crossing my fingers like Mm -hmm. we do you know (laughs) like i mean voiceover is is a joyful i i find that to be a blessing like waking up every day and and yes there are some clients that we've had forever and that's great and wonderful and to some degree, we know what we can expect in terms of, you know, financial success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you, you know, like if when, when you're doing, you know, you could, you grow your business every year, but ultimately right. every day you wake up and like, who knows? Right. Yeah. Right. And like, I love just the possibility that we get to kind of mm-hmm. like just be in that space of anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Anything amazing could happen. And, and I love, I feel blessed that I still, I'm still excited. Mm. I still, you know, I get auditions from my agent or whoever. And and you know, we all know auditions are are just auditions, you know, there's no <laughs> guarantee, but I still get really excited about yeah, things yeah. and the possibilities that are out there. And so yeah. so I hope that I'll still be here for I don't know, another twenty four years, maybe. I don't mm. know. I'll be sixty <laughs> five. By then, I feel like that's a good time to kind of maybe ease off the gas at that point. So yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, I mean, you have such experience, so th- I, you are the person that I think we should ask this question of. Is like, what do you say to someone that says, "Oh, you have to be in LA to do animation or character work"?
2: Um, I mean, I say no you don't excuse (laughs) me excuse me mr or mrs like (laughs) actually uh, i mean everything i do is character centric whether i'm Mm -hmm. playing a kid or a little boy or i have some uh tv spots tomorrow where i'm playing a pig um you know, I'm singing this afternoon as a little girl Aww. for a, a little spin-off for a show on PBS. Um, I direct a show that's on Netflix right now, um, which is really cool, uh, casted and directed. And yeah. and everything I do is character in nature. I'll never be the voice of Kroger or, you know, <laughs> which would the, gosh, I would love. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> publics where shopping is a pleasure there you go um you know that <laughs> yeah. um I know what I'm you know like I, I play to my strengths and mm-hmm. my strengths are certainly character-centric voiceover mm-hmm. and you know I book work every day knock on wood yeah. sometimes it's e-learning stuff where I feel like if I have to say A is for Apple one more time, I <laughs> punch a hole in the wall. Um, sometimes it's really exciting stuff, you know, that I get to do and and um, and get, you know, stuff that's televised and, you know, I've done over a hundred talking toys, which is awesome. Wow. Like, I think that's really cool. That's I still get excited when cool. I like, yeah. you know, know I have something coming out and I like go to Target and yeah. I, you know friend down the aisle and I'm like that's me (laughs) so um yeah I would say you do not have to live you can and especially like you know COVID really Mm kind of changed the dynamic session Mm -hmm. dynamics Mm -hmm. for sure um where you know most of us had home studios and we were doing things remotely all of a sudden everyone had home studios mm-hmm. and needed to do stuff remotely. Um, but like I have, you know, my primary agent is in New York and I get the same auditions that I see my friends in LA getting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's, it's no secret that I live here. Yeah. Um, I actually had a, a callback for a show a couple months ago. I didn't book it, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh but the casting director, she was, you know, they were in New York and she was like, oh, you know, so you live in Charlotte. And of course I'm like, oh, yes, I, I do." <laughs> you know, you always like right. wonder like, oh, are they going to think I'm not, you know, at the same level of someone who might have a difference of code or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and she, I said, yeah, I do. I live in Charlotte. And she's like, that's so cool. She's like, my wife and I are moving there. Um, <gasps> This was, you know a couple months ago oh my god and you know moving to charlotte north carolina which you know i think is an amazing city it's beautiful it's you know we've got great food lots of craft beer um (laughs) and uh yeah she's you know people are relocating all over the place and uh it wouldn't have been that way four years ago three Mm. years ago um and so you know especially now i would say Um, to someone who wants, who feels uh, just that they're being strongly pulled in the direction of things that are possibly a little more character centric in nature. Like your zip code is not a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, it never was, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely widely kind of accepted that, you know, just because you may not live in a certain place doesn't mean that you're not, you know, bringing the same level of talent and commitment that everyone else is. And I think it's, I don't, I think, you know, while I know a lot of sessions are are getting back into going into the studio and I think that's great. There's nothing better than being in the studio with a bunch of people I know. I love it, but I don't think that, I think that things are going to continue to kind of be more open. Um, They've really opened up in the last couple of years. And I don't think that's going to go in reverse. Yeah, Yeah. I think, you know, because honestly, there's so much media, there's so much content, there's so many people creating these incredible uh, stories and products and brands and and things that, you know, they're not, they live all over the place. I had a, a session a couple weeks ago for an animated pilot and the studio was in... Somewhere in Europe, <laughs> the studio was <is> in <laughs> Europe. I forget where. Um, the show creator was in London. I booked it through a studio in Oregon. I mean, wow. it's just it's you know people are connected now, and mm-hmm. people are you know it's it's definitely uh, a new kind of. Uh, I mean, it's been this way for a long time, but I think now it's more. Like I think people's eyes are more open to uh, all the possibilities of, of working uh, with people all around the globe. And so, Mm. you know, I I direct a show that's on Netflix and I live here in Charlotte and I have talent in uh, Alabama. I have talent in LA. I have talent in Atlanta. I have talent in New York and we do our thing remotely and we you know everyone comes together and i oversee the sessions and we we send it all to the powers the creative powers that be and lo and behold we have a show on Netflix wow. and we're not we've never been in the same studio together so mm-hmm. it's just it's really it's it's you know I I already knew that before you know COVID happened but I think it's being more and I think people I think people that say oh well you have to live in LA to do voiceover on like a big scale or whatever um, some jobs maybe but like do you have to live in LA to make LA money no not at all mm-hmm. like and I think at the end of the day most of us we just want to work every day we want right. to work every day we want to you know make a living that supports ourselves and our families and you know creates the life that we the life lifestyle that we're looking to live, um, you know, whatever that looks like to whatever degree you want to be successful, monetarily speaking, you can absolutely make that happen from wherever you are. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think, Mm -hmm. um, my next question for you, Lisa, and you kind of, I think stumbled upon it. The first part is, you know, what's been a challenging part or season for you in voiceover. And I would have to say outside of you trying to keep the, all the stuffed animals that you have have from all your voicing stuffed <laughs> in the closet and keeping them in there from popping out <laughs> what's been a challenging part for you and and how did you get through it because we all go through these you know seasons and and sometimes yeah. they're, they're longer than others and
2: um I mean uh, voiceover we go through challenging seasons I think just as people who especially if you're a go-getter like we tend to have seasons where we're just not you know, we get, we burn ourselves out. We tend to burn ourselves out. Mm. We tend to to spread ourselves too thin. So that's definitely something I'm super mindful of. Like every day is just taking care of myself and knowing Mm. where I'm at and not, you know, so that I'm the healthiest version of myself, um, you know, from head to toe inside and out so that, you know, we can, we can do this. We can navigate this because it's not easy. Um, but I think in terms of just like, notably challenging seasons um I guess we're probably I don't know I mean it's timelines are so kooky so it it was probably 10-15 years ago where um you know I do a, a lot of kid stuff like I voice a lot of kid stuff as a kid like my my tagline used to be um when you need your voice actor to sound like a kid, but not act like one, you know, and that was like my selling point. And I think, you know, voiceover is a really young industry, right? Like, It really is. Um, And especially what you see now, this is all very new. Like even having been in this industry for more than 20 years, it's still a very young industry. And so the people that are, you know, my age and, you know, even younger that, you know, have kids now, like I noticed they start getting their kids into voiceover. And now I've got a whole new (laughs) demographic of competition. And, you know, there was definitely a season And there's still a lot of objections to adults doing kid voices. Like, they certainly, uh, you'll you'll see it on your auditions. Like, we don't want adults! (laughs) with real kids, real kids only. And and that's cool, whatever, you know? But I think that took a little bit of, like, okay, all right, all right. I see, I see there's a challenge ahead where, you know, especially a lot of the union work that I was getting, like, the commercial stuff that I was getting – was not uh, coming my way anymore because they had decided they only wanted to use real kids. Mm. And so that was definitely a season. And I think now they're softening up a little bit, you know, where uh, they will book you know, I, I see auditions all the time that are like, we want adults who sound like kids. We don't want kids. Like, yeah. um, and, and I know that kids are so talented and they bring something so authentic and so wonderful. And their little personalities are so fun, you know, when yeah. they're getting into voiceover and they're acting. And so I totally see the value of that particular sound and that particular type of performer. Um, but there was definitely a season where I had to kind of, refocus and kind of say well all right like i guess i'm not you know i, I i'm being kind of not even being invited to certain auditions mm. anymore because of you know whatever things that are outside of my control mm. and so at that time i had never really done a lot of like non-broadcast narration stuff because i was like l you know i started in la so like that was kind of what i knew was like the broadcast union kind of stuff and, um, and this is when I was you know back east and working from home and my little ISDN and doing the mm-hmm. thing and um, I had never really thought about like e-learning as you know a genre to pursue I just you know just didn't really think about it a whole lot because it just wasn't really presented to me very often and then my first e-learning job that I ever booked was it was like a forty thousand dollars job, and I was wow. like, "Oh, so this is a thing too? Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I see yeah. you." Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, so, I mean, there's gonna be challenges. There's gonna be trends. There's gonna be doors that shut, and then windows that open, and you just have to be fluid, and you mm. have to, um, you know, stay positive and and embrace possibility and Mm. have like that kind of mindset about it Mm -hmm. because voiceover doesn't ask our permission. Like, you know, the things it is, it is, all of it is outside of our control really Mm. and truly it is. Um, And you have to be okay with that and you have to be able to pivot and you have to be able to adjust and acclimate and sometimes even, you know, reinvent yourself. Mm. um, If you're going to do this for an extended period of time, because it, you know, it ebbs and it flows. And, mm-hmm. and some days it's great. And some days it's like, uh maybe I should have gone back to school. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> but it, yeah. you know, it's an awesome industry to be in and filled with amazing people, you know, like you guys. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've never done anything professionally except voiceover, but I can't imagine an industry that would have the kind of support that we offer one Mm. one another just freely, Mm. just because I feel like there's just this kind of, just kind of vibration, I guess, amongst people in this industry that we really do want to see each other succeed. Like we really yeah. do. Yeah. And, you know, kind of the high tide raises all boats mentality. Mm. and and that is, is awesome to be a part of. And that's probably one of the reasons I'm still here just because the people are so wonderful yeah. and supportive. Um. And that's just, you know, that goes a long way. Really. It does. Yeah. So maybe to go back to your question, like what would I say, what makes a good voice actor? Like, Uh, be a nice person (laughs) Like, like be a nice person who supports other people's success and wants to help not only your clients but wants to be a part of a community that really cares about each other and that will sustain you that will keep you motivated and it'll keep you accountable and and encouraged and all those things that we need daily that we don't always get when we're trapped inside of a closet you know by ourselves yeah but it's still very accessible you know the community is still very accessible even though a lot of us haven't seen each other in a really long time i know i I hate it (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, Lisa, I don't know if – I personally like to do this. I like to think about like how – where where will the voiceover industry go in the next five to ten years? I really love to do that. I don't know. Yeah. It makes me weird. But just like what you're saying, it ebbs and flows. Things change. You've been in this industry for so long. What do you think – is there anything that voice talent can even do now to prepare for the next five to ten years in voiceover?
2: I mean, gosh, I mean, who knows like what it'll do, right? Like yeah. are we gonna all be replaced by AI? Like right. I hear that's a rumor. Yeah. <laughs> like, um,
0: I have already like, replaced should we all Mike. like
2: bank our voice and, and so that people can just buy the licensing rights to right. our sound.
1: Right. Like right. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Um I mean I think uh, definitely with voiceover and whatever this looks like, if it means hanging on to a part-time job or creating supplemental in, a supplemental income stream, mm-hmm. um, definitely. Uh, and, I, and I'm an all or nothing kind of girl. Like I love just going in headfirst to whatever it is. But I also understand the importance of coming from a place of security and even abundance. Yeah. And so just making sure like as you're going mean, to meet a lot of people that are in voiceover and I don't even know if they even know what it is they're trying to get into. They're just trying Mm. to get away from something. Um, Mm. You know, they're trying to do this thing and and they're not even really sure what it is they want from voiceover. And so, you know, whether it's diversifying your genres so that, you know, you're doing promo and maybe narration and animation and commercial, like not just setting yourself up and because I'll meet a lot of girls that have little voices, right? People always send little voice people my way, <laughs> like, oh, you should right? And I'll meet these girls and they're like, I just um I just really want to be in cartoons and I'd love to be a Disney princess and that's great. Mm-hmm. And I love dreaming big. My company is literally Dream Big. L L C. Like I own that. Like, but that, right. you know, it is you've got to be diverse either in what you're doing in voiceover so that, you know, like I said, if commercial starts to kind of, you know, wane a little bit, you can hit the gas over an e-learning or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Or uh, have, you know, some kind of supplemental income stream, whether it's like selling essential oils or hanging on to your day job because you get benefits, like whatever it is. Like, I think just definitely, um, Making sure that you're coming from a place of security because mm. voiceover is anything but secure. Right. right <laughs> like
1: right, right. You know? Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and um so yeah. yeah. So just coming from a place of and that will give you confidence. And that confidence will will come through in your auditions in your relationships with people in the industry. So whatever you can do to kind of set yourself to be the most confident, secure version of yourself yeah. so that you can continue to successfully navigate voiceover to whatever degree that you want to see yourself thrive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And you've, I mean, you've been at it for over a couple decades. You've, you've seen the, you've seen the trends changed. You've seen a lot changed as you look back. Would you have what would you have done differently? You know that might have saved you time or money or stress or you know pulling your hair out sometimes. <laughs> that type of thing yeah. could be marketing or skill skill stuff that you wanted to, yeah. to learn. relationship.
2: I think I lo- I love creativity. Like I'm a junkie for marketing and. And I I love it. And like, but I'm also, you know, I think people that are highly creative can also be control freaks to a degree. Um, I could have probably outsourced more earlier on. Lisa, Mike so is
1: giving that- me some major eyes right now, and it's making me very uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Controlling creatives? <laughs>
1: he keeps mm-hmm. looking over every time you say something. I'm like, stop looking at me. <laughs>
2: We're talking to Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: so, funny. But Sorry. so So you know, like, yeah. it's just,
2: when creativity is, is a language mm-hmm. for you, like... <laughs> And especially when you have the opportunity to be able to express that within what you do as your job, mm-hmm. like, um, it's hard to let certain things go. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only because you don't want to let it go. Cause you're like, but this is mine. Mm-hmm. Like you want to be a part of every single turn that your business takes. Yeah. And, you know, you want to be there in the front seat for all of it. And you are, but I think. Earlier on, outsourcing and seeking people that I could trust to delegate certain responsibilities to would have served me in the long run, mm, for sure. In yeah. the short run, yeah, like, I have a lot of people that do stuff for me now, and it's expensive, yeah. like, like yeah. you know, and that's cool, you know, because what they do is is stuff that I either can't do or don't want to do, mm-hmm. um, and it frees me up to be able to do the stuff that I can do and love doing, and so everyone wins, um, but being able to recognize that earlier on would have definitely been beneficial I think Mm -hmm. at the time and now I would still be reaping the benefits now I'm Mm -hmm.
1: sure yeah That's great. Okay, so, Lisa. Creative
2: control freaks unite. Raise (laughs)
1: raise our creative freaky flags. um, (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Um, Lisa, so I have not brought this up to any of our other podcast guests, but when we were going to have you on, I was like, okay, Lisa's the perfect person for this. Um, Because I learned this, like, icebreaker game from Pink. Um, not, we're not good friends. I mean, I wish we were, but I just heard her talk (laughs) about this. Um, and it's called BDG, Brag, Desire, and Gratitude. And she'll do this at like dinner parties and like have everybody go around and share a brag, a desire, and gratitude. And I thought, oh, that would be really fun to play with Lisa. So what would your brag be?
2: Oh, gosh, um... Mm, I don't know. Um, I don't know. And you uh, have, drag. you have
0: freedom. You have freedom yeah. to brag on yourself. Yeah. That's, it's like, that's what are, are you of proud
2: of? Like yeah. what's been
1: going on that you're like, man, I just really did a great job on that.
2: Well, I recently worked on a project. I'm still working on it for, um, I'm working on some of it today. It's like an offshoot. Of media for this show on pbs yeah um and i'm doing a bunch of singing and yeah. stuff and i'm also doing the production
1: <gasps> wow and i'm like i
2: feel like i mean of course like all the songs that you know i'm producing and stuff are you know like wah, 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 you know, like <laughs> so like but i mean it feels really cool to be like over here like (laughs) jay-z of like you know Uh, um so that's cool and i think the company we're gonna i'll do some more sound design for them which is really cool because i enjoy that creative process so Mm. that's cool like you know the other week i produced 17 and a half songs um yeah only one because like the lyrics and the music kind of split ways i had to but during that (laughs) week I produced almost 18 songs and that felt really cool Um, and so that was cool you know just being able to like evolve and and do things that and you know that honestly that traditionally people think of guys for those kinds of roles in Mm the you know production creative process so that's cool I can definitely like pat myself on the back for that
1: oh Um, for sure
2: and then desire. Um
0: or as Fernando. What was it? Fernando. Who was that comedian Fernando? He used to do the movie trailer voice. He's like, you get into the release just to hear that one voice. Desire.
2: <laughs> Brag. <There> desire. Is... <laughs>
0: Lisa Biggs desire. shares all.
2: <laughs> there is, I would love. I can't really say specifically because okay. someone already has this job. You know what? I'm just going to say it. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. I would. Oh,
1: should I say
2: it? Put it out She'll never there. know. I would love to be the voice of the snuggle bear.
0: <gasps> oh, awesome. You would be For a the commercial
2: campaigns. Yeah. I think that would be like, or something similar. Something yeah. where it's like a commercial that's a good one brand yes like, it's like you know you know like some people you know you've got like tony the tiger and like but i would love to do something yes that's specifically for sure Does someone else already have that job Yes. Yeah. um <laughs> so i'm not trying to like i'm not like gunning for someone's right, job right but you know if the opportunity ever came up i would i would jump on it like, yes. like white on rice yeah um absolutely so yeah so something like that would be really cool to mm. be like that the voice of a brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be yep. very cool. Very yeah. cool. That's a good one. Especially one like a character mm-hmm. that represents the brand. Yep. yep. Um so and then a gratitude well so kind of cool we're working on this this week i'm trying to coordinate a session with 14 people for a um podcast that i cast and help direct for um elevation my church is a church here in charlotte and um we are rolling into our In June next month will be three years since we started working on this podcast and it's evolved. It's under a different name now called Adventures of the Starkeepers. And it's been so cool not only to be able to collaborate with like uh the creative ministry team at my church and they pay me, which is cool. Like that's cool. (laughs) Right. Usually think like like, I actually get like uh yeah, I get paid to to do all the things that I do for them. Um and uh and so that's been cool to be able to like do stuff for Elevation just because mm-hmm. I've been there for such a long time. But I'm very grateful because we have... Just so much fun. We, we record uh, four new episodes every month. So a season. We call that a season every month. And it's just been really cool to, um, you know, especially through COVID, be able mm. to look forward to that once a month where I'm on a session with, you know, 8, 10, 12, 14 people. And we're working together on this really cool project that um, we recently crossed over a million downloads. Wow. Um, so That's we would have more if our pastor would like Insta post about it. Cause, <laughs> like, just saying if Stephen Perfect hears this, we can totally use your social media right. support. <laughs> I mean, he's Elevation, I think, is the most followed church on Instagram. Wow. So like we have like a huge social media presence and our yeah. pastor has like 4 million followers on Instagram. <laughs> and I'm like, could you just... Just a little little
0: cross-promotion, people.
2: (laughs) Right. It's like, we're doing this for you. Yeah. Um, But it's cool. Like, we, when we started, we recorded at the church, and they put us, like, I mean, in the home office of the church. We could not have been further away from everything else. And they put us in this little back room in the corner, and, like... You know, we did our thing, and the first couple of months, we uh, got our stats, and we were like, oh, man, we're like the number 37 kids' podcast in Romania. Like, you know, <laughs> we were so excited. And then, you know, it's grown a lot. It's like the wow. little podcast it could, and um, and we're about to cross every three years, and it's been just really cool to work on that, you know, to be able to work with you know, my church that I love and the team that I love there. And then of course to be able to invite a lot of my voiceover friends mm-hmm. to be cast members. Yeah, Like it's really cool That's like to cool. get to know people, like, you know, cause like I said, we don't really get to do a lot of ensemble stuff mm-hmm. anymore. And even though we're on zoom um, it's still, it's a ton of fun and I'm very grateful to be a part of that, yeah. uh, of that project. Oh, so, that's yeah.
1: so cool. Yeah, so cool, Lisa. Mm-hmm. I love that.
2: Yeah,
1: oh, great BDGs. Yeah. Great BDGs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Lisa, thank, so, you, yeah. th- thank you so much for being on the podcast yeah. today. We just so enjoyed talking You're to you. You're welcome. And, um, if you want to follow Lisa, then you can find all that in the show notes, and we will actually link to the podcast um yeah. yeah i mean i'm not gonna t- we're not promising anything near steven but you know what i mean like maybe we can get a few more people to listen <laughs> from,
2: from I, I told my producer who's also steve and is like steve if we could get one of his kids yeah on the podcast as a voice actor yeah like dude brilliant, but, brilliant. You know, <laughs> yeah i was like obviously they would share. I just, you know, our church like is really our our worship team is like a, a huge part of their ministry and the like Sunday experience and blah, blah, blah. So we just get kind of, you know, we're not a priority necessarily yeah. to their social media feed, but, <laughs> you know, on our, not our own, but, you know, we've still gotten some really good traction mm. over the last couple of years and we're about to pass over three years wow. since we've, re- we've recorded you know 150 episodes or
1: something crazy like that i mean yeah so it's cool. it's really cool to be a part of that very cool very cool Mm -hmm. love it well lisa thank you again so much and check out the show notes of where you can find lisa and we are this will not be the last time that we talk to you we know for sure so thank you lisa so much
0: thank you lisa
2: you're welcome thank you